Hello, friends. I'm your host, Christina, and you're listening to Radical Stepmoms, a podcast about the good, bad, and really ugly moments about raising a child that you didn't create. Here, I'll discuss the realities of co-parenting, the way stepmotherhood affects a marriage, the relationship with our stepkids, and most of all, navigating the relationship with ourselves. I want each episode to leave you feeling validated, empowered, and oh so radical. So pour yourself a LaCroix, a glass of red, or whatever, and listen in on Radical Stepmoms. Hello, you are listening to Radical Stepmoms. This is Christina. On this episode, I am chatting with Lisa, a stepmom to an 11-year-old daughter. You have 50-50 custody. We're going to talk all about disengagement, being a, quote, childless stepmom. I hate that term, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Lisa, welcome. I'm so glad you're on. Hi, I'm so happy to be on. Yay! So before we hit record, um, I was just explaining that this is a... I'm, I just want to talk to you. I, you've been a listener and a follower and you, um, I looked into your story a little bit and I just think that people would benefit from hearing about your journey. And now that, you know, we're all in COVID times, mm-hmm. oh my God, yeah. like uh, it's just yes, definitely how, how are all, how are we all handling it? So, Ooh. well, yeah. <laughs> We are, we're surviving. I guess that's probably the most important word to use. And I think that everyone needs to, you know, understand that we're all, we're all just surviving right now. So you need Mm -hmm. to give yourself a little bit of slack sometimes. I know I'm not very good at doing that sometimes, (laughs) um, but it's so I, I'm also a hairstylist and um, I'm in Canada and we have hey. been in lockdown. We're on our second lockdown right now. Um, so my business has been shut down. So um, oh. not only am I a quote unquote childless, you know, stepmom, I was, you know, I've had lots of independence that's now been kind of taken away. And then you're like, I know you've de- dealt with it. Everyone else, you know, the homeschooling and, uh, you know, having the kids around a little more often and, um, my stepdaughter is 11 going on 22. So, you know, the emotions are strong in our house. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're we're all very strong emotion people Mm -hmm. to begin with. So yeah, uh, there's a pandemic and then everyone, you know, adds a layer. So let's um, give me some background. uh, How long you've been married? How long have you been? All the things. (laughs) Yeah. So actually we're, um, we're not married. Um, yeah, sorry I actually, assumed that. I don't okay. think you okay. that. <laughs> that's okay. Um, he actually is uh, technically not divorced yet, um, but it, it doesn't phase me um, like the way that I think some people struggle with that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very content with where our relationship is, and it's just not at the top of the priority list right now. Um, we have a, a, an emotional uh, bio mom as well. And you, sometimes you just never know what direction, uh, her emotions are going to head. So sometimes it's just easy to not, uh, poke the bear. Mm-hmm. As, How long uh, have you guys been as, together? Um, well, three years, but, um, COVID adds what, 10 years to that. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, years. three years, but, um, I've been involved, uh, with her, um, since about two months in. So, um, and I was there, pretty regularly, pretty steady. Uh, I was at the, you know, I'm at the basketball court. I'm at the baseball diamond. I, uh, we took about, 
I want to say it was, I think it was about 10, 10 or 11 months before I moved in. But again, I was there full time, um, a part of friends and family and all of that right from the get go. So how was that received by Biomom? Uh, to, to be fair, she, she was pretty decent. Um, I would actually say that fortunately for me, um, a lot of, not a lot, like any of the issues that we really ever dealt with, um, fortunately didn't often come directed at me. There were a few things here and there, but, um, she is the one that ended, uh, their relationship and she was on a very intense, uh, so I guess you could say it was a spiritual journey, um, post split, which was very, okay. I'm not, I'm not against any, you know, choices that people make in their life, but this was very, very different from the lifestyle that she used to live, hmm. which is what created the most, uh, problems I think in the beginning with, uh, hmm. trying to navigate, uh, co-parenting, which I would say now we are more like parallel parenting, but there is a fair understanding of what's going on in each other's houses. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, like I, 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 like I said, I've been around since day one and, and she initiated, uh, the, uh, wanting to meet me and, um, oh. I do like I said, yes, which was fine. It was fine. I, but I, uh, I feel almost very similar to, um, the way I've heard you express, um, the boundaries and, mm-hmm. um, I'm not interested in being friends, mm-hmm. even though I feel very fortunate that, you know, I, I, I read stories, I read people's comments on your posts, on other people's posts, and, and I see the shit that people are dealing with. And sometimes I'm, you know, I'm so thankful that I'm not dealing with those things. But then sometimes it makes you think about your own life. And I'm like, Oh, my God, am I being petty about this? And I'd be am I, you know, reacting too much over this. And I think, you know, it's yeah, totally but everybody it's your life you're allowed to react to your life the way yeah. And I think I think there's something to that in that, you know, regardless of if a kid was involved, would you want to be friends with your, your no. partner's ex? No, God, no. So it's like, if you can, <laughs> if you can maintain a relationship that is cordial and, you know, the kid can, you know, see a healthy uh, dynamic, then that's great. You don't need to, like, I'm always going to say, you don't need to go to those birthday parties together for the kid oh. to grow up a happy human, you know? <laughs> so, Absolutely. I are important. Absolutely. Um, she also, so there's another boundary to add to it. Um, we live in the same neighborhood. So, (laughs) so, you know, I'm on my walking distance close or Uh, bicycle distance, (laughs) like walking. Yeah. Walking distance. Yes. I, yes, it is walking distance. So, you know, like there are some mornings I'm, I'm on my way to work and she's out for a morning walk and, you know, sometimes I, I've waved, you know, I, it's hard. You, you want, you kind of want to give the finger, but <laughs> or hit her. But no, the right thing to do is to wave. So you wave. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah. the finger is the night is the lesser option for me. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, that's funny. So have you had to manage like, cause I've heard horror stories of like by a mom, just walking into the house. Are you in the yeah. house that they own together or so? Um, yes. Yeah, so so it was, a, it was kind of a funny, interesting situation. Um, they had just moved into this house. They were probably there for four or five months. They also live somewhere else in this neighborhood. We live in a very community. So previous, previous to, you know, being in this relationship, I was like, I had explained, explained, I was a very independent, you know, 
girl. Like I traveled on my own. I went to, you know, resorts on my own. I did everything kind of like solo. And then, and I kind of used to make fun of the neighborhood that I live in now. And I'm like, oh, that's where, you know, everybody with dogs and babies and whatever live. And like, you just don't think it's, I never pictured that being my life. And then, uh, and then next thing you know, you fall in love and there you are living in the neighborhood where I thought you'd be in. But, um, so they lived in this house for only four or five months, um, before they split. So another fortunate situation for me where I didn't really feel like I was living in her home. Um, you know, you got to make sure you get the certain aspects out of the way make sure mm-hmm. you're not you know you got a new bed right and mm-hmm. we're gonna oh, take yeah. these pictures off the wall right and we're gonna <laughs> change these things but he's a guy too a typical guy like it, his house was decorated and furnished so how how could you ever want anything more than that right and then you right. walk in the house and you're like oh no we're gonna change all of this uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so did she ever um oh yeah so she <laughs> there were there were little things again like you know she I she never like barged into the house but um it it always makes you uncomfortable when they're standing in your front foyer and you know there was a point where um things would get dropped off like um like my stepdaughter's uh her baseball bag and whatever and it's like oh you know it was it's in the garage and I'm like well like I know it's just my garage but like I don't can you please text before you go and put stuff in the garage or can you send them out like whatever it might be um so I wouldn't say like major boundaries were ever crossed but you know boundaries and you know rules still needed to be put in place yeah yeah and when you were kind of I'm always curious like when when a stepmom is trying to establish boundaries with the bio mom what the partner the partner's support or reaction is to that yeah he was, he was pretty good. Like I, there was no, sometimes he, I think there were a lot of things that he looked at, like, really, like, that's a big deal to you. And it's like, yeah, you know what it is. It may seem ridiculous to you. It may seem, you know, small or not so such a big deal, but in my heart, it, it's a very big deal. And if we want to, again, back to that word boundaries, right. If we want to mm-hmm. create them and establish them and have our own things in our own house, like they mm-hmm. have to happen. Yeah. They have to happen. Yeah. Have you ever played the, but you're still married card? Oh, um, <laughs> once a week. Um, <laughs> so, you know what the thing is, is um, uh, it's, it's more to poke fun. It, it could be a little bit of a dig too, but um, often he will refer to himself as divorced or when I got divorced or this happened after divorce. I'm like, you got divorced. When did you get divorced? <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't notified of this, uh, this information. So um, I like to, to poke at it like and like I said at the end of the day it, it I'm I'm okay with with the situation and it will happen I think when it needs to happen if if yeah. there's something that needs to change um within their relationship or our relationship mm-hmm. it will happen so I'm not uh I'm not gonna lose my mind over it well depends on if I'm uh PMSing or not but <laughs> um what is your relationship like with your uh stepdaughter so we, it's a very much of a roller coaster. And uh, I, so I came into her life when she was eight. So you have like this innocent little girl who's, you know, got big personality. I've got a big personality. I'm new. I'm, I'm eight years younger than her dad. So I'm, you know, fun and whatever. Right. So we, we started off having a great relationship. And, uh, like I said, going back to, uh, 
her mom going through a very big, you know, life transition at the time. Um, I think their relationship was, you know, struggled a little bit. So, and, and as every stepmom wants to do, which, uh, I know you feel the same way because I've read, I've either read it or I've heard you say it, that one of the biggest things that maybe you wish you would have done was not go full in right from oh, the get go. Yeah. Yep. And I definitely can say I went full in. There were often even times where, um, my partner would say to me, like, you know, like, cool it. Like, you don't always have to say yes. You don't always have to do this. You don't have to braid her hair every single morning or whatever it might be. Like, just, you know, cause you want to build a relationship with these kids. Right. And I, so there's two sides to that. I feel I, I was able to build a very good relationship with her, um, maybe because of the lacking of the relationship she had with her mom for a little bit. Mm. But then as that relationship with her mom started to come back in, you know, all of a sudden you're not as important anymore, or you don't feel like you are or whatever the case may be. Um, So there was like, there was a struggle with that. And then, you know, she's becoming a teenager now, like coming into those years, she's free hormonal. She's very much a stereotypical 11 year old girl. She knows it all. She's got all the answers to everything and doesn't Mm want to hear what you have to say. So that's been a really big struggle for us. Um, I, we struggle with a little bit of, uh, mini wife syndrome in our house too. Talk about that. Um, how do you manage that? That's something that I can't always speak. I can't speak to that. So, right. I mean, I was just first, for those who don't know, mini wife syndrome, that's when the daughter, you know, is acting like a little mini wife and acting like a parent, acting like a partner, acting like an adult, um, trying to push the stepmom out. Um, is that what, um, so yeah, like not, not in our case, it's not an aggressive case, but we Uh definitely see, you know, serious, like situations with it. The biggest one for me is, um, uh, affection. And I'm not, Mm. I do not mean it in a way that I am against affection, but I mean it in a way that, you know, if, if we're hanging out with other couples and, uh, then the kids are around and, and all of a sudden there's, you know, an 11 year old draping herself, uh, on her father on the couch, you know, in front of other people and, you know, and, and whether she is or she's not, you know, you you can't help but feel like her eyes are (laughs) looking your, looking your way as she's doing it too. Right. And, I think, I don't know, is 11, is an 11 year old capable of that? So then I start to question, you know, my own feelings. Is this what's really happening? And, and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely think it is. I definitely think that that's something. And, and she's a, an only child too. So she's, you know, she's very used to the attention that she gets. Um, mm-hmm. My love language is touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think she, she knows that too. And she sees the affection that, um, that I get from her father and, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's definitely that plays, plays a factor, I think sometimes. And, and she's also, you know, a little girl who wants opinions on, you know, the light fixtures that we have in our house and, you know, the silliest little things that it's like, and she's all about fairness, right? She's always, you know, oh, it's not yeah. fair. It's not, you know, you get to do this and I don't get to do that. Well, you're 11 and I'm the adult. And that's a hard <laughs> thing. That's a hard thing to, to say. Does, you your, know, without, does your partner um, see these, these like behaviors and, or does he kind of just brush them off? Like, how do you guys, have you had to have a conversation with her about certain things? It's a, it's a bit of both. There are certain situations where um, I feel there's often times where I'm looking at him and I, my sentences always start with, 
you know, I know you think I'm out to get her, but, Mm -hmm. and uh, I think that, I think that they just struggle with like getting the outside perspective and like sometimes Mm -hmm. not realizing that as much as we love, love their children, me, I, what much as I love her, you know, I am still an outside perspective. I'm still trying to, I'm still eyes from the outside of your little family, as much as we are our own family, but your little family, you know, I'm, I'm here to help you too. I'm, I don't want, I don't want your daughter to become something that you don't want her to be, but you don't realize that she's becoming that. Right. Mm-hmm. So there, there, there's a bit of both. There are some conversations that we, we do have and, uh, and you feel like you get through to them and their, their understanding of them. And then there's other times where, I don't know, maybe I am the bad guy sometimes. Maybe I'm the one that's, you know, looking for things, which I don't, I don't feel like I am, but you know, sometimes it's hard too, right? Yeah, it's hard. I feel like, you know, that's the, the thing with stepmoms and, and the everyday of, you know, like almost like an outer body experience. Like you're experiencing something, you're looking at something, you're in it with your stepdaughter or whatever. And then you're looking down at yourself going, is it okay that I'm doing this? Is, yes. am I seeing this the right way? Like, it, like there's this, that always second layer of second guessing. Constant. I never used to feel like I was someone that second guessed things until, until I got into a relationship with someone else's kid. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, whether you have kids or you don't have kids of your own, you know, you still have an idea in your head of how you think you would raise a child. And mm-hmm. now you're, now there's rules that were not rules. There was, you know, there, at one point, these two people decided the way that they were going to raise a child together. And then now you're the other person that's in this story. And, you know, some things you may not agree with and you have to figure it out. I think that's one thing. I have struggled with in the past and I'm becoming a lot better at is remembering that even if I don't agree with their approach, sometimes, you know, she has two functioning parents, Mm -hmm. um, that are able to make decisions for her. And sometimes I may not like them, but I'm, I have to swallow them. Yeah. Yeah. Which can be exceptionally hard when you feel like the consequence of whatever the decisions they make are going to impact you. But for me, it's like, okay, but how big of an impact is that going to be? Like, totally. It might impact me. I might, but is that more of an impact to my stepson or is that more of an impact that I just need to kind of digest and learn to accept? Like, it's not going to change. It's not going to matter in five years. So, you know, that kind of um, lens to look through. Totally. Deciding on it, like, you know, on a scale of one to 10. Mm-hmm. How important is this situation for me to step in on, or you know, how much is this going to affect our, yeah. you know, like her her having you know like an attitude one day, and and her dad deciding that it's not an argument worth having. I have to sit there in my head and be like, okay, right. I'm not going to get involved in this one, like right. even though it's killing me inside, right? But yeah. yeah, you have to know your own your own boundaries too. So. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned prior to meeting your partner that you were like kind of this independent woman. Did you ever, oh, yeah. did you ever um, want to kind of settle down, get married, have kids? So uh, the, I think having a partner was, was always in the, the game plan, but children were always sort of, I think when I was younger, I think I wanted them because I just thought that's what you were supposed to do. Right. I live in a fairly small town, like, you know, and, and it was very, 
standard like classic relationships in our city and that's what you did you went to school you found someone you got married you had babies so I think I always kind of thought that that was the direction I was gonna go and then you know and then you start exploring life a little bit more and start realizing that maybe that's not the road uh that you want to head down and so I think for a long time I was very confident in that too once I made that decision I was like no I'm good I'm I'm good you know I don't need I don't, not that I don't need, I don't, I'm not looking to have any children and, and I'm not looking to find anyone who has a child. I remember being on dating sites and, you know, you look at people's uh, profiles and it's like, you're looking, searching and, oh, you have a child. Oh, okay. No, I think I'm okay. I think I'll move on to someone else. Right. Life left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so no, it wasn't really in the, necessarily in the plan for me. And then, um, and then I, I met my partner. And mm -hmm. so to add to our story, um, uh, my stepdaughter is also an IVF baby because, oh. um, uh, my husband, sorry, not my husband, I'm, my <laughs> partner, uh, is unable to, uh, well, was it unable to produce in order to create naturally? Mm -hmm. So you can imagine when I came across and we met through a friend and they tell me, Oh no, he can't have kids. And there's me little miss, you know, independent who didn't want children. Perfect. So we can have a, you know, he has a stepchild or I'll have a stepchild and I'll fit, you know, fulfill all of my, you know, any, any thoughts that I may have had about wanting to have, you know, a kid, I'll, I'll get that through her. And then eventually realize that maybe you don't quite get all of that through her. And so we were on a pretty, um, understanding wavelength that I wasn't interested in children and it was if still possible for him but uh it would be a very you know challenging road as it was the first time around for him mm -hmm. um and then <laughs> and then I started noticing some uh some changes with my body and some um some I was um I was on I had an IUD Mm -hmm. Um, so I always assumed that I started to get pains and I was always bloated. And I assumed that it was always because I had this IUD and then I eventually had, you know, we had had conversations and kind of joked again, not that we ever thought that it would really happen, but we joked about, okay, well, you know, if you can't have children anyways, and I don't really need this IUD anymore. And I feel like crap all the time. So mm -hmm. let's get my body regulated again. And and if for some reason, you know, we got pregnant, it was the miracle child sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I go to my doctors and um, basically long story short, uh, I was a little bit more than just bloated and I had um, a uterus full of fibroids. Mm -hmm. um, in the end, it, they ended up uh, totaling about four and a half pounds. I looked wow. like I was about five and a half months pregnant um, by the time I went for surgery. Um, so I had to wait a, another year for surgery and, you know, so you're going through constant discomfort. I mean, anyone who's been pregnant before, again, I have not been pregnant, but I can only assume that some of this discomfort that I felt, uh, would be very similar as my uterus was still expanding and growing at that time. Wow. So, so that, I would imagine that was very scary. Yeah, it was. Um, and especially once you're told that, you know, your only option is surgery at the point that I was at, um, I had one fibroid that was almost 14 centimeters, uh, wow. big. Yeah. So it like, you're not taking any medicine to shrink that you're not, mm -hmm. um, you can't go get, uh, like these like 
you, I forget what the term is, um, ablations, I believe, is like where they go in and they are able to just burn them and mm. they kind of shrink down. Like we're way past that at this point. Um, and uh, so now all I'm in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I'm 32 and I'm going to have a hysterectomy. Wow. So suddenly all of those um, emotions of being this childless, you know, person for you know the rest of my life all of a sudden you're like well wait a minute now it's not my choice anymore and so you know on top of fear of having this you know major surgery um now you're going through all these emotions of well like you know and now that's like I said it's not my choice anymore and what if you know however many years down the road like I I change my mind or I'm in a different life situation or whatever Mm -hmm. but um so the emotions definitely went up and down grief in that absolutely because now you're and then you're sitting there like okay well you know this this is my life now and you're coming to that more of that realization Mm -hmm. that this is this is the reality even though it was what I kind of thought I always wanted and now you you know you go through those emotions and yeah well especially you know when when some in in any case when you don't feel like you have a choice anymore there's Mm -hmm. there's yeah like but wait a second yeah Yeah. So it was, it was definitely, you know, a challenge with that. Um, I was fortunate to find, um, find a doctor, um, just a little bit outside of, uh, of my hometown that was able to do it laparoscopically. So fortunately it didn't end up being like a, uh, massive recovery surgery, still recovery, but you know, Mm -hmm. not as, not as intense, um, as I had hoped until, you know, I ended up back in the hospital, uh, shortly after that with some severe bleeding so again you're kind of going through all this sort of life emotions of you know as if it's not bad enough that you're dealing with that and then you know you throw this on top of it and however my uh, my partner always says that those were the the days that really brought us together and we really kind of knew that we were going to be stuck with each other for life after experiencing those uh those uh traumatic times together yeah um and then uh, so then you add on to that. So now you're going through all those emotions and then of course COVID and, and then, and then I find out that my brother, um, and his, uh, partner are pregnant and, you know, so you go through the, the most amazing motion emotions of I'm going to be an auntie, but then it's like, oh, but wait a minute, like he's going to be the only one that's going to bring children into this world now. And, and that's the only, you know, like I, do I look at myself as a contributing factor to my own family anymore? Right. Cause I think a lot of people love, you know, to be able to give their parents grandchildren. Sure. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, my parents like expectation in that or something to give your, to give your parents. Your par- yeah, totally. Yeah. And my parents absolutely love my stepdaughter and, and they're fully involved with her. My, my partner's parents are both past. Mm-hmm. Um, so my parents are like his parents and my family is his family. And so my entire family has accepted her, you know, like she is, she is mine, but you know, she's still not mine. So there's, there's definitely emotions that play with that too. So how do you, I mean, for those listening who can relate or, you know, feel, you know, any ounce of, you know, what you're, what you're talking about, how have you navigated those really difficult emotions? Like what has been helpful for you in being able to kind of process through, even if, I mean, cause it's like, even if you had no plans on having children of your own, there's still mm-hmm. something 
to that again, um, where, you know, it's it, just in any sense as a woman going through something like that, there are yeah. a lot of feelings that come up. Sure. Especially being like I said, 32, like yeah, that's not, that's not your I'm, average. I'm age. 33. Yeah. So I'm saying so, that's really young. <laughs> absolutely. Right. And, and yeah, so, you know, you're going through a, like, it, it was just, it was a lot of emotions. I think one thing though, for sure was just allowing myself to feel my emotions. Cause I think there was a point in my life where, you know, you just let your, you let things pile up and you just, or you power through them. And then next thing you know, you're sitting on the bathroom floor in a pool of your own tears yeah. because you didn't allow yourself to feel the emotions when mm-hmm. you were feeling them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think when it's come to, uh, my partner too, it's, you know, I, I've struggled to have conversations with him about, about it too. Cause it's, I don't know, it's my body. It's my, mm-hmm. my situation and and as much as we're in it together like it's still for me to to heal with and me to deal with and me to move forward with so you know I I think parts of COVID have actually helped with that because I've had time to slow down and think about um what I'm really feeling and and finding ways like you said to cope with it and and I I guess I think the main thing is just allowing myself to feel the emotions of it and and if I'm sad one day like about it like to just be sad about it and you know and if if I feel like I'm you know missing something well I call my brother and see if I can go for a visit with with my nephew and you know find comforting feelings um in that Mm -hmm. um how have how, how has it impacted the relationship if at all the relationship with your stepdaughter um yeah I would definitely say that there there has been an impact on that and I think that there's times where I I constantly think in my head, like, well, you know, if, if I had my own kid, maybe this would be different. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe we would raise that child different. And, and it's a, it's a constant, like a daydream, I guess you could say now. Um, And, and sometimes you can get caught up in your daydreams. And and I definitely have been caught up in that before. And and it's definitely affected my relationship with her in, in a negative way, uh, whether it's taking things out on her or, um, uh, you know, getting, getting upset about things that don't really, you know, need the energy and whatever. But I also think that there's been some help in having her, um, around in that too, and being grateful that, you know, even if our relationship does struggle sometimes that we still have a pretty great relationship and, and I can continue to see that staying like that. So, you know, just being, yeah, grateful and thankful that I have what I have in my life. And yeah, I, I'm really glad that you that you said, you know, just feeling whatever you're feeling and allowing that to be okay. I think, you know, I, I get a lot of messages and, you know, questions asking like, how do I get through those feelings? How do I stop feeling this way? And I'm always going to respond and be like, I'm never going to tell you to stop feeling a certain way. Yeah. You have to feel, feel what you're feeling. Like, and I think I had mentioned before, like I'm a hairstylist, so I'm I'm with people all day long and I'm listening to tons and tons of stories and you know, it's actually, it's great when you have someone who is a stepmom that comes in your chair, you're like, welcome, come sit with me. <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. But, um, that's something I've always said to, you know, anyone is, is that you have to feel your emotions and, you know, it, it, you can still be a tough girl. You, it, it's still, mm-hmm. you know, there's still days that you're going to suck some of those back and push forward. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's just, 
being a, a self-aware enough to know which are the ones that you need to feel and just take a step back and just sit mm. in them for, you know, not too long. You don't want to dwell for too long because right. yeah, it's not going to get that. you anywhere. Right. But yeah. Yeah. And then finding those things that, you know, really make you feel better. Like you said, visiting your nephew, or maybe it's, you know, exercise, maybe it's talking to a friend, maybe it's, you know, most often it's not scrolling Instagram, looking at all the baby announcements. No, Don't do that to yourself. Um, but one thing I'm curious of is, you know, I see a lot of, I mean, one of there, there's always those like hot phrases that stepmoms get thrown at them, right? Like one of them is stay in your lane. I don't like that. Another one is, well, you'll never understand because you're not a mom or you're, you, you'll understand someday when you're a mom, like, absolutely. I dislike those phrases so much. Not to, I mean, not only because they're super dismissive to your role as a stepmom. Um, I get it to a point in that. Sure. There are some things only someone who has birthed someone <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. totally. But I, it, those types of comments really dismiss the experience of women like yourself, where it's not like you have a choice or that's not an option of, oh, so one day you will be able to understand all these things. Well, that's not the case, you know, for you. No. And so those, those comments are so dismissive. Um, and I feel like there are a lot of things that you and other women can feel and can understand. Like, I feel like we just underestimate and I, I'm not saying we, I'm not clumping me and we, because I just don't know, but, but <laughs> you know, I feel like we just underestimate the, what women are capable of when they're loving someone. Sure. And I think that sometimes people say those things without even, you know, fully knowing stories, right? Like mm-hmm. I think about, you know, your story when you brought your, you brought your stepson to that birthday party, right? And you said you felt like an outcast. No one knows your story. Nobody knows, you mm-hmm. know, what's going on behind those doors. So mm-hmm. they may think that it's easy to just, you know, see you as as the stepmom or the, you know, the just that outside person. People don't know, you know, like, again, I talk to people all the time with my job and things. And the first, you know, one of the first questions people always ask is, you know, oh, do you have any kids? Like when you're with a, a new client and you say no, and they're like, oh, well, you know, you'll have them one day. And it's like, well, you know, like you don't know that. Like, mm-hmm. and I try not to make people feel bad about, and it's like, about seeing those things, but like, and it's like, pardon? why do you think that that is my like goal in life? Like, absolutely. Why, I, mean, I, have, I have my daughter, but that wasn't my number one goal in life. And no. you know, I talked to my best friend who, um, you know, she's my age. She lives in Boston right now. She is getting her ID. She has committed five more years of her life to her education. And she's like going back and forth every day of like, am I doing the right thing? Or should I be starting a family right now? Am I doing sure. the right thing? Or should I? And I'm just constantly being like, that is, that's never been your goal in life. Like the societal pressures. Oh, it's insane. Expectations on women. I mean, it's just outrageous. So, you know, when, when people are like, oh, it's okay. It's like, yeah, I know it's okay. It's okay. I, never, I was <laughs> I never that it. worried about it. Thank you. Yeah. Like, and, um, you know, like I, like I have a business, I I've owned a, I've owned a, a business for six years of my life. And, and since when is that not like, well, how come you're not asking me about that? How come you're not asking me all the details about my business? How come you just want to know about, you know, babies and, and, and I get it. I get that. It's like a, 
it's a women naturally, you know, like, cause that's something that they think. Like, yeah. And it's something I think they think they can bond with, um, if they already are one. Right. Like, right. so it's, it's a reaction, but yeah, you want to be like, bro, like that ain't me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I mean, yeah, it just kind of goes down. I mean, to when you're getting to know someone, like those are the three things you ask, like it's a part of your identity. It's mm-hmm. what do you do for work? Are you married? Yeah kids and then if you have the answers to those it's like oh I can make up in my mind what kind of person you are sure like, oh but we're all so complex and then I just love being like I'm a stepmom well absolutely so I'm there's the other side of it too the other like the other one that I you know I feel like I've used this uh in a lovable conversation with my partner a time or two before is that just because you have the the uh, like biological genes doesn't, you know, and I understand that you've been in her, like in his, our case, you've been in her life, you know, longer than I am, but just because you have the title of dad doesn't mean you know any more than I do, or it doesn't as a mother, you know, as on the other side, as bio mom, just because you're the bio mom, I'm the one that's on, you know, reading and researching and talking to other people and trying to make the best of my situation and make sure that I'm the best that I can be in my situation. So just because you have that title doesn't, doesn't mean anything else. Like it doesn't make you any biologically. Yes. But it doesn't Mm -hmm. make you any higher on the list than me. Like I do just as much for this kid as, you know, as anyone else. I, I take her to her, you know, her things. I do her hair for her in the morning. We, I have just as much involvement in conversation and mm-hmm. whatever else that there might be whatever else, what other tasks that there might be as a as an adult figure in someone's life like mm-hmm. just because I don't have the title of bio doesn't mean that I'm yeah I'm any less in the situation yeah yeah I mean there's plenty of times for my stepson he oh, plenty of times I mean I'm talking nine out of ten times prefers me over his dad and, and I'm just looking like, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, <laughs> but you know, I've been in his life since he was three. Yeah. So, you know, there's, I have earned a lot of, a lot of that love and, you know, acceptance from him. Um, sure. but yeah, so, um, we, I want to talk a little bit about disengagement and how you navigate that as being so involved in all the things that you've described. What's it like when you want to take a step back or take care of you or have the very other, the two other involved parents kind of take over? Um, well, there's, uh, there's some situations that are understood and, and, and some that aren't. Um, I find that a lot of my disengagement uh, comes into play when, you know, um, the, I call her the queen, as I said before, <laughs> as in drama queen, but uh, she <laughs> likes the term just queen. Um, but, you know, when the queen and I are not seeing eye to eye um, on things um, and we, you know, there's constant, um, constant battles and constant um, arguments or whatever it might be, that's when... I, I'm the one that looks at things and, and have to step back. And, and sometimes, like I said, sometimes it's understood. Sometimes it's looked at like, what's your problem? Like, what's the big deal? As I was, I was saying before, you know, sometimes they, the things that we see as a big deal, they don't always see as a big deal, but it's what you feel and, and what mm-hmm. you're dealing with. So you have to do what you have to do sometimes. Um, 
I can fortunately say though that uh, there's never been an issue in our house. I so do you remember? You might remember this. Um, someone had made a comment to you one day about when do the men when when do the uh, your like husbands turn into like adults? And you had oh, said that it yeah. was. Uh, <laughs> that uh, you're still waiting and that they yeah. don't exist. Well, mm -hmm. remember there was that one story that we were oh, told about you? the unicorn, the unicorn? exists? <laughs> yes, I do have the unicorn. So as much as I am involved, as much as I, you know, I make lunches too, and I fold laundry too, and I do those things too. I live with a man, very fortunately, who is a, uh, he is a leader. He, he is a, he empties the dishwasher and he, uh, does his laundry and her laundry and makes sure that her lunch is made if it's hadn't already been made. And he is a take control kind of guy. And, you know, I'm very, very fortunate in that mm -hmm. sense. And I don't want to make it, I, don't, I shouldn't even say that. I don't want to make two people, too many people <laughs> upset by saying that. Cause I know that I have a unicorn, um, in that sense. But mm -hmm. I think maybe the struggle sometimes with him, with the disengagement is, he feels more like I'm just, be, I'm removing myself from our family, not necessarily yeah. from, um, not necessarily from the tasks right. that are involved. Yeah. And in I think that's a common, day. that's a common feeling, I think from partners. And I mean, even in conversations with my husband, when I'm talking to him about it, you know, he feels like I'm abandoning him and like tapping out on, you know, parent, parenting altogether. And it's like, to me, I'm just like, really, that's a little overreacting. Yeah. I've literally just asked you to handle remote learning tonight yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah like he he's and he said that to me before like where he's been like you know you don't just get to pick and choose and I'm like well actually I do <laughs> and mm -hmm. and you know and it, it took him a little while to understand you know mm -hmm. what that meant and and I still think that he struggles with it sometimes like mm -hmm. when I do have to look and just be like okay I'm out mm -hmm. um but oh go ahead no I go ahead you go I was just, I was going to say, I think, you know, um, one of the things that's helped me, especially in explaining things to my partner recently is not even needing to really make this big announcement, like, oh, I'm disengaging. This is what I'm doing. You know, it's just, uh, it's just, a uh, disengaging for me recently has been me asking for help, which yeah, has yeah. so much less to do with my partner and what he's mm -hmm. doing or not doing. And it's not so, um, you know, blaming or, or putting, he doesn't need to get defensive about any of it. It's just me making a like an internal decision going, Oh, I'm feeling myself getting overwhelmed or resentful. I'm feeling myself like I don't want to participate in this anymore or for the time being or whatever. And then saying, Hey, I need some help with this. Can you tag team? And he responds a lot more to that because he sees it as a teammate thing. Exactly. Completely ditching him. So totally. that I'm sharing that little bit right there. And that, that has been super helpful. Just, I mean, I understand what disengaging is, but I feel like that term in general just gets confusing, especially for our partners. Absolutely. I, I agree. And I think for me, like disengaging, like you said, you're disengaging is asking for help. Mine is asking to be left alone a little bit, right? Because I'm <laughs> As I had said, I'm, I'm not working right now. I'm used to working 12 hour days, seeing tons of people in a day and, mm -hmm. um, and then coming home and, you know, just having kind of my own space. And, and I'm not getting that now because now there's, well, she's gone back to school now. Schools have opened here for us, but you know, at one point 
um, he's in his office working and she's in her room working and I'm like stuck in the middle and you're like, you know, I don't even feel like I can, can I go. <laughs> yeah. Or do, yeah. Like I can't eat. I don't even feel like I can't even be me right now, even if I wanted to be right. So, um, I think that's been, you know, I, for me, it's been asking for, now that she's back at school, it's like, okay, well, can you maybe go work like at your actual office? Like that's like in another city today, like just, just for the just day, right? To myself. Yeah, totally. Right. And, and again, coming that, I think that's any per, I'm sure every mother, stepmother, whatever, that's what everyone, you know, is oh. craving. But in, in my personal case, as I've expressed, you know, I, I used to be a very independent person and I, I used to do a lot of things on my own. I, you know, and so when you go from doing everything on your own and being that kind of person, and now you're in this relationship and I'm, which is what my end goal, of course, was to be, I've always, you know, wanted to be in a relationship. It's still with a someone. hard transition. It's a very hard transition. Things, but still not know how to do it once you get it. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Like, it's like, yeah, okay. Everyone has goals. And then sometimes, yeah, you they slap you in the face with them and you're like no 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 wait a minute wait a minute I'm not ready to take all this yet so yeah, yeah. wanting but, yeah wanting a partner and then getting a partner who also has an eight-year-old that's a big step girl totally yeah totally, totally and like and then yeah so now we're now we're 11 years old and like I said 11 going on 22 some days so yeah I'm gonna uh, have you back on when she um turns 14 and we can oh talk gosh. <laughs> oh gosh yeah I, it'll be uh <laughs> yeah hopefully hopefully I'll have uh I'll still have control of my emotions at that point because there are some days I know um yeah my stepson I mean he's gonna be 10 next month and I'm just like okay like the attitude the mm. attitude it's, it's less about his behavioral stuff because I feel like I got a grip on that for the most part mm -hmm. but it's the smelly stuff it's like <laughs> it's like the hygiene <laughs> stuff that just grosses me out where I'm like seriously yeah. dude like yeah you not smell yourself <laughs> sure well so that you so you're on a smelly situation I'm on a again 11 going on 22 who you know has has a, a cell phone that was originally supposed to be for communicating with her parents only which quickly turned into you know she has um she has tiktok Oh. and that's a whole other world so like you said you're dealing with smelly things and we're de I'm dealing with an 11 year old who thinks that she can come out of her room in a crop top because oh. that's what she sees on fortunately everybody's on board with that dad oh. mom oh, everybody's very much on the same page uh with that kind of stuff but you know you're you're navigating a whole other world and um the internet is a very interesting thing and and I'm I'm scared for these, uh, these kids, um, yeah. and what they're being exposed to. And you just hope that you're doing a good enough job, mm -hmm. uh, whether you're the parent or the step parent or whatever, and, and yeah. making sure that they understand what's acceptable and what's not. And crop yeah. tops are not acceptable at our house at 11. So yeah. parenting in general, I mean, just, it's like for me and like how I was raised, my mom did a really great job of like balancing, like look, I'm not going to smother you with rules or, you know, make you miss out on certain things, but I'm also going to teach you if you do participate in this, this is what you can expect. Or, you know, I'm going to trust you to go out and go do this, but I'm trusting you. And that is like a one-time shot if you, you know, so yeah, I'm, yeah, I, I had some decent leeway as, as a kid too. My, you know, my, uh, 
my curfews were based on my friends' curfews and, you know, you're, yeah. <laughs> you trust that your kids are hanging out with the same, you know, the right crowds and, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. And so you, you hope the same for your own kids yeah. too. And yeah, I was, we were, um, my husband and I were watching a show last night and, um, it was a show where it was like, the guy asked the teenage girl like oh what's your curfew and the girl who's very troubled she's like I don't have a curfew and I'm like oh my god and my husband I was like I was like um like we're gonna have a curfew for our daughter and he was like yep six o'clock we're probably gonna have to talk about that at some point but yeah 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 but yeah and like I was saying earlier how we we live in the the neighborhood that we live in and so we are lucky in that sense at least you know we live on a on a crescent too so um a lot of times they're just hanging out in the middle of the mm. middle of the, of the street anyways right so they're not pushing too many limits but again talk to me when she's 14 and maybe we'll be on a different uh different wavelength by that point um all right so i have before we wrap up i have two questions for you hit me one question <laughs> is I'm going to start doing this, I think in most episodes, because, um, you know, as the audience is kind of different, um, parts in their stepmom journey for the new stepmoms for like, just starting out, just starting to date, maybe haven't even met the kids yet, or, you know, what is your piece of advice for the new stepmoms? Oh, well, I think I mentioned this earlier. Cool it. (laughs) And it stick to your relationship for a little while and um, find your start your boundaries right from the beginning. Um, try not to dive in too quick with those kiddos because once you do, you're not going back. So if, if you're if you recognize that you're someone who's going to need a little bit of time on transition, do not let love lead the way mm-hmm. and make sure you keep, you know, your own strategy in your head about the way you you want to enter into what could potentially be, you know, your new family, because once you take it on, it's, you've taken it on. So, so yeah. enjoy your time in your relationship and, and be in love and, you know, know that those kids are always going to be there and that, you know, establish your relationship first mm-hmm. with your partner and try to maybe communicate a lot more. I feel like for me, anyways, we were like going through we were just dealing with it as it was coming and maybe didn't communicate a whole lot about it. And, um, Mm. I would say probably that that's part on me too. I wasn't maybe great on communicating, um, how I felt about everything. So I would start your relationship off as open as you possibly can and ask as many questions as you can. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I was scared to ask, you know, like what type of parent he was and because, you know, you didn't want to start getting controversial right off the bat but those are things that you should you know figure out first before you're ready to dive into someone else's children yeah someone had messaged me um after my little rant on stories yesterday um someone said that instead of asking um when you first start dating someone someone with kids instead of asking about um like how are the kids and like what you know what is you know, asking more kid related questions to also yeah. ask questions about the relationship with the ex. Yes. That's like, yes, I <laughs> think that they parent together and like, it's all these things. And I'm like, I'm like thinking like, that is great. That's great advice. And I mm-hmm. like my 
goal or like my like mission would be for to equip all these potential stepmoms or like these new stepmoms to have the tools to like, you know, like this army of really strong women who will communicate and feel liberated to speak up and, you know, set their boundaries. And I'm like telling my husband this and he's like, you're going to have so many mad partners. Yeah. (laughs) Piss all of them off. (laughs) Or women just won't be fat moms because it's like, "Hmm, yeah. All right. My last question um, is what has been one of the things that has helped you most in navigating your stepmom journey? Honestly, uh, pages like yours, truly. Um, like I said, I, I didn't, I, I live in a smaller town, like stepmoms do exist here, but they're not super, super common. I have maybe two or three people that I know I can, I, I mean, you always have your friends, but your, your friends that aren't in your situations, they just, they just don't get it. Right. So I do have a few stepmoms that I communicate with, but coming on social media and, and checking in with a community of people that, you know, and reading through the comments and, and sometimes knowing that, you know, like a situation, like just reading and thinking your situation is a big deal. And then reading through other people's and you're like, Oh, okay, well, that's (laughs) maybe my situation isn't so bad kind of thing, but truly I, I finding a community, um, of people that you, that see, see life the same way that you do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll, I'll give you a big uh, pat on the back right now and a, <laughs> and a horn toot here because definitely um, following your, your Instagram page is a, a couple other uh, accounts that I follow too um, that I just, I, it's really helped, big time helped. I, I find myself sometimes, even if I've watched stories in a day, sometimes I'll go back and like read other people's answers again because it, it, it really does help a lot. Yeah. Uh, just knowing that you're not you're not in it alone. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It's, I mean, it can feel so isolating and you get in your own thoughts and you start doubting everything and, you know, just having that other person to be like, no, you're not, you're not crazy yeah. and that's no, real exactly. feelings and that's normal, you know, yeah. you're allowed to feel them. Yeah. 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 Well, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, I will have I will put Lisa's information in the show notes. Um, And yeah, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. All right. Um, Sorry, I lost my little thingy here. All right. (laughs) All right, guys, be well and stay radical. All right, ladies, the episode is over, but do you want a little more? Come find me on Instagram and join the community at Radical Stepmoms Podcast or schedule a one-on-one session and get that personalized support or become a Radical member and gain access to exclusive content like bonus episodes and merch. Radical Stepmoms is so much bigger than a podcast. Check out the details and the notes on this episode.